Reaching the Lost and Unreachable in Unfriendly Christian Environments, Extreme Prophetic Ministry. Welcome to Tales of Glory listeners. I'd like to welcome you back to episode 77. This is part two of Extreme Prophetic Ministry of our class, Extreme Prophetic and Process Evangelism Ministry, Reaching the Lost and Unreachable in Unfriendly Christian Environments. And that's episode 77 today. We discuss again training of the Carmelite mystics, going into extremely uh, unfriendly Christian environments and doing evangelism. What does that look like? We've already discussed part one. I invite you to go back and look at part one in episode 76, where we introduce this. Now we're diving in deeper and we're discussing prophetic ministry. Where are we at today? Again, this book is available on fieldguidedspiritualwarfare.blogspot.com. It's $5.99 if you guys want to follow along. You don't need it. I recommend getting it because it has training exercises in it and teaching you how to do stuff like this, and it'll be useful to your teams and your groups. It's really cheap. It's cheaper than downloading an expensive book on prophetic ministry. We go through prophetic exercises for these outreaches. But today we're diving into page eight, basic biblical foundations to prophetic ministry. Like I said before earlier, the best way to start this training is go back to look at my M16 Night Strike Outreach Ministry, How to Do Homeless Ministry on the Streets. That was a good warm-up for this course. Like I said, that was boot camp, and this one's Navy SEALs training. And there's going to be a lot of stuff, a lot of discipline. You have to be more of a seasoned prophetic minister. This requires more discipline. You need to be more of a more seasoned prophetic minister and already kind of moving in the, the gifts and understanding what they look like. You've already taken correction from people above you who know about prophetic ministry, and you learn to train. You'll find my ways of working in this stuff are a lot different than you see from maybe like the Bethels or the, I don't know, the, the Elijah-less people out there where it's like, hey, you get a, a, an Escalade or today my prophetic word is we're moving in this and moving in that. Mine is more geared towards exhortation and edification and lifting up unbelievers, you know, to go out and build a church. That's what I'm geared toward. I'm not so hot on the other stuff like the cat cares or what's that guy, Robin Bullocks. I, I think they're frauds. And I came out and said it. I'm more towards building a church and moving in the 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 supernatural, the natural, the supernatural. And that's that's putting on a show. That's why I tear that apart. Oh, we're up in heaven and Santa has ice cream cones and Hitler's up there. You know, that that's hogwash. That's a lie. That's blasphemy. And if you use that in... And these outreaches we're talking about, we're talking about going to New Age outreaches, pagan outreaches. You are going to get torn apart so fast as you should. This is more about speaking into the heart of people and where they're at in life. And this, like I said, this is more hardcore. This is for the the real ministers, the real little P prophets, not the fake it till you make it. So the fake it till you're famous. So here we go. I'll get off my soapbox here. So basic biblical foundations, prophetic ministry. So congratulations, you're a beginner. You're stepping into faith and developing your spiritual gifts. Some prophets choose to sit in a church and waste their gifting because they fear failure. This is something that struck home a lot lately, too, even especially after I've, um, I know I did training. I did an eight-session course training in spiritual authority um, that my friend uh, Bill George co-authored, and we did it over at the Freedom Culture Church of Fremont. 
a lot of feedback I kept getting was even after the eight sessions of the course, we walked them through the whole thing and they, they got, we certified them. We anointed them, we activated them, but they still felt that they weren't ready to go into this yet. It's like, what are you waiting for? It's like, you don't need to have some sort of formal release or something. Once God trains you or once your eyes are open to this and God brings somebody to your doorstep, this was the interesting part. God was bringing people to these door, their doorsteps, their, you know, them to minister to, and they pushed it off and sent them to somebody else. goes, well, I'm not ready for this yet. And I go, well, did Jesus bring that person to you? Like, well, yeah. Well, then he's telling you you're ready. You don't have to feel like you're ready for Jesus to say, okay, you're ready. If he's bringing people to you and you didn't ask for it, you're ready. He's moving you. Same thing here. Some people are starting to learn prophetic ministry, but they feel, oh, I'm, I'm afraid to use this. You know, it's, it's how are you supposed to edify or exhort somebody or, you know, talk to somebody's heart that you don't know. It only happens through the prophetic ministry. So let's just start the basics then. Who can prophesy? Old Testament prophet was selected by God to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. We know from Deuteronomy 18, 18, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command. Deuteronomy 18, 20, But the prophet who speaks the word presumptuously my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. Okay, the Old Testament was a little harsh there, right? New Testament prophet. The Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. Acts 2.17. We also know it was prophesied by, was it um, Joel? And was it Joel 2.20, somewhere out there? So here's what the difference is. Old Testament prophets received the word of God. New Testament prophets perceived the word of God. Got that? So the Old Testament prophets were in direct line of communication that God literally borrowed their voice. And he's speaking through them. That's an Old Testament prophet. We don't have those anymore. Don't let some of these people with their big ministries and calling themselves having an office know this. It's gone. The New Testament prophets perceive the word of God. And that's the way Jesus wants it. It's the way he set it up. It's kind of a, a weird and uncomfortable way of looking at this, that we perceive the word rather than receive the word. So that's why I don't buy the associate the Lord people or the Lord spoke to me today, right? Okay, how about just you and the Lord had the conversation, you perceive this is what the conversation was going on. It's not knocking the conversation, it's just how we're receiving, okay? Be very careful. So why does a believer prophesy? We know from 1 Corinthians 14.3, but one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. So edification, you build up and encourage one another. God is love. He wants to speak to us as children in a kind way. Hebrews 3.13, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. This is exhortation to the church to draw God near to them. We see this in Acts 14.22. Strengthening the souls of disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Right? So you're building up people within the church. That's an exhortation. 2 Timothy 4.2 Preach the word, be ready in season and out. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. 
Okay, that says correction comes in too right there. We're not seeing that in today's prophetic ministries. It's kind of getting to be the three-ring circus stuff. We have this weird deliverance circus going on over here with the clowns coming out. We have this three-ring circus over here going on with the Circus Soleil, a prophetic ministry going on. It looks real. Uh, people are getting moved, but it, it's soulish, right? So we got to be very careful of this. Like I said, I've been doing a lot of this ministry, the spiritual warfare and prophetic ministry outreaches for over 20 years. I kind of have a feel what it looks like. A kind of a, a gut-wrench feeling in my soul, like, ugh, that's not what this is. And it kind of hurts. So consolation is comfort to come alongside. We know from 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we'll be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So got that? Exhortation, consolation, comfort, edification. It's for building up the church, people within the church, and it's for speaking to the people who are not yet in the church. So it's helping um, get the attention of people who are not ready to receive God yet or want to believe Jesus, right? That's back we're talking about. We're, we're, we're using this ministry to plow the field, right? Get it ready for the seals, right? So we have a little spiritual exercise in prophetic ministry here. Number one, discovering your prophetic gift. How does your gifting work? Do you hear or see? Do you sing? Do you dance? Do you flag? Do you paint? So right now you might know how your gifting works. Sometimes going, people, are, when I work with them, they're brand new, like, I don't get this. I'm not actually getting words on my mouth or you know words coming in. I'm not seeing words. I don't either. I get pictures, which makes it kind of hard. And I have to decipher the pictures and interpret them with the Holy Spirit and work with him to unpack what the picture is and then deliver that message. I know some people are prophetic singers. They just start singing and it comes out. Um, I've seen prophetic dancers. I've seen prophetic flaggers. Do you paint? Are you a prophetic artist? And that's where you're at. You have to find out how God has you wired. You may know or you may not already know. So it's like our typical St. Teresa of Avila, right? Psalm 4610. I want you to still your mind. Be still and quiet yourself. Be still and know that I'm God. And now I just want you to relax and listen for the voice of God inside you. Just meditate on that. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted above. I'll be exalted in the earth. Jesus, show me. Show me ways I work with you to be exalted. What is my gifting if I don't know? What is my gifting? If I don't know, Holy Spirit, would you show me and bring it to light? Thank you, Jesus. You may or may not get an answer right away. It's okay. Jesus may walk you down some path where they start showing you how this unpacks and works. I didn't know. I was an artist all my life. I didn't know it was through drawing. I saw it through pictures. Lo and behold, when I was first learning prophetic ministry, you know, I was out with Bob Johnson on the streets. This young man has a word for you. He's talking about me to a stranger. He's like, I don't get words. I get pictures. I don't know what the heck this guy's talking about, right? So I learned it was the picture and I had to unpack it. Whatever I was getting at the time was dropping in all of a sudden. That's how I operated. Let's look at another exercise. These exercises I'm covering in this book are good for group sessions, all right? I'm just walking you through them to give you an idea. So here's another exercise that's for beginners. Prophetic ministry exercise. Exclusively prophesy words of encouragement. No negative prophetic words. It's much like the statement quoted earlier by Father Emilian Tardif that when one word of knowledge is used, another follows, like tissues being pulled out of a box. Among other lessons, the scripture 
story is a lesson of Jesus' use of the word of knowledge. And I got this from Father DeGrandi's book, Word of Knowledge, A Charismatic Gift. It was published back in 1996. It was actually one of my first books on prophetic ministry, a good one to pick up if you're learning. I recommend getting that one. I don't even know if it's in print anymore. Try Amazon. Word of Knowledge, A Charismatic Gift by Father Robert DeGrandi. Let's look at this. Let's unpack this. So use that when you minister people and you're practicing. Remember, we don't say anything negative. You may get a, a picture of something bad. You need to flip it. When you get a picture of something bad about somebody, flip it to something positive. Because when you see something negative, it's what the enemy is showing you the inverse of this person's soul is, if that makes sense. And if you want to encourage them, you got to flip that. So, it's, for instance, like, you mean from a woman, you get this word, oh, she's a homewrecker. And the flip would be, I see you're a person who's struggling in life and relationships, and everything seems to be falling apart, but you're striving for that one relationship that can build and edify others and fill your heart, and you haven't found it yet. And there's something spiritual going on here you need to understand, and you're missing the key spiritual piece of that one component that can help you and make you whole. That's how you flip something like that. So we're off to the next section here, hearing God, learning to prophesy. The primary purpose of the gift of prophecy is to build up a person with a positive affirmation. We don't give negative words. Remember the exercise previously we just talked about here a second ago. Prophesy that people will be sick or have a baby or anything extreme. In ministry outreach environments, we don't correct or rebuke. Like I always had to tip people on a night strike. These people know they're drug addicts. Don't tell them, I know you're, you're sinning and you have a drug addiction and you need to fix it. You know, they know that. They know why they're stuck on the streets. They're living hell. That's not the prophetic word. I know you're seeking a life better, but you're not in the right place yet. You need to, you need to come out from where you're at and you need to wake up. Jesus loves you. We can't use that yet, right? Okay, that's my, <laughs> I just jumped into my night strike mode. A lot of those people were saved and knew me, so I was able to use Jesus. But in this case, you can't. You need to speak to your creator. Ask him, the spirit of truth. He knows you're seeking for the best things. There's words we use here. See, we can't. We got to pull the churchies out of it. And that's why you can't take seasonally trained prophetic ministers with you because they're going to speak very Bethel. They're going to speak very charismatic. And that's going to shut down conversations right away. You've got to strip your church vocabulary out of when you're giving a prophetic word here. I may have gotten ahead of myself, but keep in mind right now that, like I said, you don't use Jesus. Like you're speaking, you know, the spirit of truth will show you you're looking for stuff that's not there. And you've been following lots of lies and it's been hurting your heart and it's probably been following you all your life. But now's the time to open yourself up to the spirit of truth and pull yourself out of this. So, ministering and the mystic. Listening to God is a mystical, listening to God is a mystical experience. You can do it because God resides inside you. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. A mystic can operate covertly in these environments because they carry the temple of God inside them. For this reason, you will not need to wear any jewelry or church or school ministry shirts. Remember, covert. You're stripping down. You're going behind enemy lines, right? If you're an American soldier, you're going behind American lines. I mean, behind enemy lines. You're not going to be wearing the American flag. You're not going to be wearing your, your soldier uniform. That stuff. We're, we're now covert. You're, you're going to blend into the environment, and only you carry God inside you. You're going to leak a little God on the person you're working with, and you'll do this through your mystical experience of hearing God and being a seer. That's the important part here. 
This is how we till the fields. We can hear from three sources, God, our mind, and angelic. And if you know from the past, we don't speak with angels. I see it so many times when I'm going to training. The hardest thing for Chrismac to let go of is, I'm sending my angels. I'm commanding my angels. They're not your angels. They belong to Jesus, and he and he alone commands angels. Go look at my book, Cosmology and Demonology in Genesis 1-11. through 11. If you don't understand what I'm saying, get learned right away. Besides, you don't know if you're speaking to a false angel of light. So we don't speak to angels. We don't command angels. We don't partner with angels. Jesus handles them. We only move to the will of what Jesus is doing, and he's having his angels do. So St. Teresa of Avila says, hearing God is fallible because of the receiver, us, right? We're perceiving. We're not receiving anymore. We're perceiving. The soul can make things up. The soul is designed to be imaginative. We're designed to be a creator. The soul goes, hey, I know what God sounds like. I can say the same thing and just make that stuff up and cut out the middleman. And it does it to us. You have to learn the difference of what's a soul, what's God, and what's spiritual things chattering to us. A seasoned prophet can tell a difference between the three sources. How can the beginner tell a message from God? Simple. The message receiving is God will build you up in his prophetic message. This is from my old Bill Johnson training when he taught me on the streets. Here's what he said. He goes, how do I know which is which? Bill, he goes, God's message is good. Devil's message is bad. Exhortation versus condemnation. If it's from God, it's exhortation. If it's from the devil, it's condemnation. Test the spirits and see what you're receiving. Does it line up biblically? Remember, we are to build up, encourage, and come alongside. We know from 1 John 4.1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see where they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out in the world. Be careful of this. False prophecy is alive well in the day and a lot of major um, prophetic venues. I don't even listen to them anymore. It's so bad. Like that the fake it till you make it, so the fake it till you're famous is. Everybody wants to be on the Elijah list. Everybody wants to be the prophet that gives a word. Everybody wants, wants to have the Instagram or the prophetic ministry that, that, that's, that's on top of things and hearing directly from God. Again, that's not the dispensation of prophetic ministry we're in post-cross, post-crucifixion. We're in the perceiving God's word phase. So what do we do here? Follow the path the Holy Spirit leads and takes you down. You're unique. You have a different HD satellite dish subscription, right? If this is like Dish Network, all of us receive differently. All of us have different channels on how we receive from God because this is a personal relationship, which no one else has. God made you the way he made you. How do you receive spiritual messages? How you receive spiritual messages differs from the person on either side of you. Don't try to um, mimic or copy somebody else's ministry because Jesus has one specially designed between you and him. Follow what he's doing. If it's a struggle, it's a struggle. Learn what he's doing. That's how I did. I, you know, it's just early on we get sucked into, I want a ministry like this. And like, Jesus going, nope, that's not what I have planned for you. So get on board with that. And that's conforming to his will and your will, surrendering to his will, right? It's back to being a mystic. So God wants to speak through you. It is best to keep it simple when you're learning prophecy. Be yourself and don't try to deliver an earth-shaking revelation. The most earth-shaking revelations that got through people's souls when I was on the streets were very simple ones. I didn't even know which direction it was going with. For instance, I was in ministry. I did a lot of ministry in the Haight. I did a lot of ministry in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. I was in the Haight-Ashbury district one night, and this man, just 
he's just a giant, like a giant, I don't know, Irish man or Scottish man. He was all red. You know, he's very much like, I call, I call it ginger, right? He was like Cartman, a ginger. He's a ginger. He's very much a ginger. That's all I explain him. He was very, you know, white face. He had um orange beard, you know, red hair, typical, you know, Irishman looking guy, big guy. And I'm talking to him and all of a sudden a word drops in from Jesus, right? It suddenly came in during my conversation in the backdrop. Jesus says, ask him about his black mother. And I'm going, what? Jesus says, I want you to ask him about his black mother. I go, I'm thinking, this can't be right. This guy is like total redhead, total pale, total you know European. Um, and you want me to ask him about his black mother. So it's like, okay, fine. So uh, while we're in the conversation, I go, by the way, I'm just getting this word right now. And I'm hearing from Jesus. And I do often hear, you know, like you got to come in very humble. I do from time to time. I speak with people. And Jesus told me to ask you about your black mother. Does that make sense? He goes, oh my God. He goes, I don't have a black mom, but as a child, I was left out in the streets and my neighbor who was a black woman took me in. She raised me, but she's literally my mom. I go, oh my gosh. So Jesus told me right now, she wants to hear from you. She hasn't heard from you a while and she wants you to call her. He goes, really? Really? He goes, I thought she was upset with me and she she doesn't want to see me ever again. I go, no, no, that's not what I'm getting right now. She wants to talk to you. And so he picked up the phone right there and he called her and talked with her and they had this conversation. They were reconnected. So does that look like something that's on the Elijah list? Oh, you're getting an Escalade. Oh, you're receiving breakthrough today. Today is a day of breakthroughs. You've been praying and praying. It's time for breakthroughs. You know, it's it's so uh, canned and muttered. But when Jesus drops something in, it, it, it's, it's shattering, but it's so simple. And you don't even know you're delivering the shattering message. But it's so simple and so gentle that it speaks to the heart of the person. So never feel the need to produce a prophetic word. Again, I had stories where at the Hate Ashbury, we took a, a Bethel School Supernatural Ministry team down with us. I think I shared this before. And the minute they got off the bus, they were like circus monkeys. They wanted to start doing prophetic circus ministry. And me and the person I was with, we were said, stop it. Don't. We're waiting on the Lord. And when this place called Hippie Hill in San Francisco, we dragged them all over. And this one leader of the group was kicking and screaming like, how dare you shut us down? You know, we're Bethel, all this stuff. Like, no, let's just chill out a second. Let's come sit in the hill. And we sat in Hippie Hill for like half an hour. And this guy's one guy, the leader, just staring us down like, we didn't come to San Francisco to do this. You know, this whole, you see it on his face, right? We're wasting our time here. And all of a sudden, we call them the Lost Boys, right? The, the, the hippies are on Hippie Hill, the runaway kids and the young adults. They started coming in in a flow and just sat around us and sat with us and started talking to us. And then this guy's still staring us down like, what is going on? And we were, brought some food. We shared food with them, started talking with them. And then we start opening up on our own with simple prophetic words. And this guy is going, oh, my God, I totally missed this. Right? The guy from Bethel, he didn't get it. But as I call when we take the people down from Bethel, I told them they're up in a zoo, right? All their animals are in cages. Down here, they're on the live safari where the lions are roaming free and the, um, the chimpanzees and monkeys will come rip you apart if they want to. That's a difference. So you had to know how to minister an environment. It doesn't, you know, if you're trained in a zoo, you have to give up what you know. Because things are different and more dangerous in the environment. But we ministered to these people. And it was a total eye-opener for this Bethel team. I loved bringing Bethel teams down. But like, like towards the end, they became more commercial and became less. Um, like I said, we had cream of the crop early on, years um, of Night Strike. And then later on, I don't know, it just it's, it started. We got these people are all in it to be the next Bill Johnson. So again, never feel the need to produce a prophetic word. So Failure. Do I get stoned for false prophecy? <laughs> oh my gosh, the uh, the church I was in, we didn't know anything about prophecy, but that was a big one. 
So if you ever try to do something prophetic, that's how the, the that's how the, um, the 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 golf club shuts you down. Well, you'd be stoned, you know, for false prophecy. So let's talk about this. Learning prophecy is a trial and error experience because we perceive. Learning to prophesy is caught and not taught. You have to go out there and try it. You have to fall off your bicycle a couple of times before you learn to ride the bike. So the ones who get back up on their bikes are the ones who eventually make bicycle riding second nature. Prophetic ministries like riding a bike. You have to get out there and fall off your bike a couple of times. Get a few scratches. You have to come outside yourself. If you're an introvert, like I was, you had to come outside being an introvert. So according to the Old Testament tradition of false prophecy, many Christians are apprehensive about flowing in the prophetic out of fear they may get stoned. Out of context, the scripture creates an irrational fear of moving in the end times church prophetic ministry. As long as you're exercising humility, operating the biblical context of ministry, and are learning to hear God, you're operating under the grace and mercy of Jesus. Did you get that? Our gifts mature as the Holy Spirit trains us. It is a process, and we have our failures. These are called trials. St. Teresa calls them trials, right? It is through these failures that the humble minister receives their correction. Learning to prophesy is a learning process. So as you fall off your bike, we have ministers we know who are operating ahead of us or above us. St. Teresa, connect with people who are moving up in their giftings above you to get correction and help understand, get guidance. Many people now are all self-taught, you know, the COVID prophets, right? They're all self-taught at home to receive no correction. It's just a mess. Prophecy in areas that will get any prophet in trouble, predicting pregnancies in sterile couples or even non-sterile couples, radical healings, coming in momentary increases and so forth, avoid any form of soothsaying. We're all learning. Stick to the 1 Corinthians 14.3 model. I still avoid those because we don't know. It just... I think that the charismatics launched on this because it makes somebody else they know. It's how you stimulate a response from the person receiving it, and it's not cool. So to this day, I avoid giving any sort of those radical healings, coming in monetary increases. In fact, like I said right now, if you're listening to my other podcast, I was talking about how I contend for very hard healings that take months to years to come into fruition. And I'm not telling that person right there, Jesus is going to supernaturally heal you in five minutes. Nope. We're talking about, hey, where are we at right now? We're giving hope. Let's see how things have changed since we last met. We're contending for this miracle. It's going to happen when you stay in there and fight, right? You're fighting with them. You just can't walk and go, you're going to be healed of this and walk away next week. So what happens? You come in next week and they're not healed yet. Not your faith didn't do it. You don't know how Jesus is healing that person. Here we go. Spiritual exercises and prophetic ministry. So spiritual exercises and prophetic ministry. So exercise number one, we're looking at highlighting an individual. What is that? So you go into Starbucks and you look over and you're just glancing at people, people watching, and all of a sudden somebody in the room stands out and you don't know why. And so Jesus is highlighting a person to you. So all of a sudden you're going, okay, Jesus and Holy Spirit, tell me why you've highlighted this person. Is there something they need to know? Or do I need to know? And just kind of be still, know them, God. You're standing in line and you're looking away. Don't stare at them. Don't freak them out. Jesus, there's something I need to know about this. Why did you highlight this person? And you may get a word on why, you know, okay, that person seems to be having a rough day and just walk over and tell them, I know you're having a rough day, but it's going to get better. And you have a creator above us looking down on you and smiling. And that's, that's it. Simple, right? That's not, you're getting escalade. You know, you're going to get a promotion today. You know, I see you get promotion to heavenly realms or you got a mantle on you to be a prophetic. You know that. That's not what we do here. We strip off the Christianese. 
as I did before, right? I see you're having a harsh day. Today's going to get better. And your creator is looking down at you smiling, and he's going to help you through today. That's all you got to deliver. And that's being highlighted, and that's delivering the message. Or, Jesus, am I receiving a message? Am I supposed to deliver a message, or am I supposed to pray for them? It doesn't mean you walk over and pray for them, or it could be. It's like, hey, I notice you're having a hard day. It's okay if I pray for you. And if they say no, I'll go, okay, this is what I was kind of hearing from my God, that this is going on right now, and things will get better. Right? So in this exercise, we're practicing ask the Holy Spirit to highlight an individual. Separate the class into two equal team numbers, A and B, respectively. The number of teams A will line up facing a wall. Facing the wall prevents teams A from making eye contact. So what are we doing? So if you have a class of like 10 people, say, five people are team A and five people are team B. So we have team A has five team members. Have them go and face a wall away from team A so they can't see their faces. So team A is going to stand away from them with their team B is going to stand away from them with their five team members looking at them at the back of their heads, you know, probably about ten feet away or longer if you have the space. And team B will take a minute and ask the Holy Spirit to highlight someone facing the wall. When a team A prophet in training receives a person highlighted to them on team B, so in other words, the people looking at the back of the heads, if you receive somebody that's highlighted, walk over and tap them on the shoulder. Does that make sense? So we have what team A looking at the wall. And Team B people are asking the Holy Spirit to highlight somebody. If Team B receives a picture of somebody to be highlighted or, the, or if somebody's highlighted, walk over and tap them on the shoulder and return to your line. Multiple people may select the same individual. That's okay. When the exercise is over, have the people facing the wall turn around and face the team members who are asking for highlights from the Holy Spirit. Have the people who tap them give them prophetic word. Right. So now give them a prophetic, prophetic word if you have one. So this is for teams, right? So I'd say this is cool training exercises. Uh, this exercise number two is called the Wheel of Ezekiel. So you have a circle of people standing on the outside and a circle of people on the inside. And the two circles are facing each other. So the inner circle spins every 30 seconds. So it shifts the next person, right? You're spinning the next person. So what happens here is the outer circle gives a prophetic word to the individual they're facing. And once you get through all the people, all the outer circle people give words to the inner people, now you switch it. So the inner circle now spins and gives words to the people in the outer circle. And you have 30 seconds for each person to deliver it, and you move on. Okay? And that's just a simple exercise called the Wheel of Ezekiel. It's kind of cool. It's from old school. I don't remember where I got that one from, but it's probably like a 20-year-old exercise when I was learning to, to minister here. I'm going to hold off here a basic ministry etiquette and practices. That's our next subject matter here. And how do you minister in these environments? Again, we're talking about covert, right? You don't wear your crosses. You don't wear your school of ministry shirts. You don't wear your Jesus shirts. You don't wear your worship concert shirts. We're going in covert. You dress similar to attire or just neutral attire, the environment you're going into. Like I said, now we talked about giving prophetic word. You give a neutral prophetic word that's stripped of Christianese. Heck, I don't even understand Christianese when we go to church. Like, I was really whacked with that one. Like, what, what, Jesus slap you? What happened? You know, I was wrecked. What, did you get in a car accident in the way here? Or like, you know, just stuff like that. Or Jesus is going to elevate you. Or I got this prophetic word. You're soaring around like this and this. And like, okay, the person's not getting it. Half the time, I don't get what they're saying either. It's just, you know, if the soul made it up, it's even worse. 
So strip it down to everyday street words, as if you didn't know or understand churchies. I said, many times I don't. It's like, unless you're in a prophetic circles, they have their own language. You know, what the heck are these guys talking about, right? So that's that. Like I said, this training is available at fieldguidetospiritualwarfare.blogspot.com. You can go look at it. And like I said, just pick it up because this is good material here for training your own teams to go out and do prophetic ministry. You're not ready yet. Like I said, we'll talk about at the end of some venues we can go to and how we should do this. But right now, I want you to start learning to hear from God and be comfortable with it. These are some basic ways. You know. Another exercise, too, is just you're sitting down. Like if you have a Bible study group, you're training people like this, too. Do the highlighting and, if, you know, just close your eyes in the Bible group and be still know them, God. Say, Jesus, is there somebody you want to highlight in this room? And if he highlights them, then this next thing he goes, okay, Jesus, or Holy Spirit, tell me which person in the Bible they best represent and give them that verse from that Bible. That's another way to do it. That's These are simple training exercises. To get your feet wet and you guys are going to, it helps you come out of your circle. We work on each other before we hit the streets, right? So that's that. So what we got going here, I you know, we're starting to hit September. I I have an invitation to go somewhere amazing to work overseas, but like I said, it's the money's not there, it's not coming in. So I've been praying for this, but especially the dangers of what's involved to go there to the place I'm going to, um, to deal with darkness and prophetic evangelism as well, empower encounters. I'm still praying for Jesus to release me, so I can have your prayers on that and. Because he has to provide the whole thing, the whole step of the way. Like I said, we're still, I'm still unemployed here. I've had some few job interviews. Stuff, stuff's going on. I'm hoping we'll have a breakthrough. But in the meantime, too, I'm also kind of getting released again after post-COVID to go places, two places I need to go. One's in December and one's January. So I'm praying for just release and for God to pave the way. Like I said, I operate like John G. Lake. You know, he, Jesus paves the whole way. And if he wants me to go, he wants me to go. If he doesn't, I don't go especially with the extent and uh, just the environment walking into Jesus has to send me. It's kind of like that Haiti situation, right? You're being sent to some witch doctors and this kind of is too. Uh, this is another one, but I have to be sent. So I just ask Jesus that he sends me and I love you guys and just keep me in prayers. And that's where we're at. Like I said, if you want to help in any way, just to help us do research, I'm still trying to do research right now um, as I do this one to for future podcasts for St. Teresa of Avila, we're digging in some deep stuff here. It thoroughly needs deeper research than it has. And also want to get back and do some more um, content, whether it's, it's going to keep continuing with Exodus or other stuff Jesus leads me to. But, you know, we'll go as the Spirit leads us. Or maybe he just wants to work on some, certain verses on certain days. That he may do that too. We'll just, we'll just hop around. So until then, I love you guys. You're amazing. And oh yeah, a Field Guide Spiritual Warfare, if, um, blogspot.com. If you're interested in assisting us financially, we'd love it future research or to get where we need to get going, uh, there's a PayPal button down there and just click on it and it'll send you directly to um, our spot. If you don't feel like making a donation to help seed money to us and help us uh, reach out to other people who are lost. And you guys are amazing. I love you guys. Until next time, the 16 bunker is getting kind of hot here. Uh, <laughs> I had a broadcast early in the morning. Like I see the shades are down, fans on. Till next time. God bless you guys. Amen.